You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I am Jessica. Carissa. (laughs) Sorry guys, we were just doing that before. Internal joke. Friday Fridays. (laughs) Today we are talking about realistic timeframes for treating the core of chronic health conditions. It's quite a mouthful a of a wordy. topic. Yeah, well done. A little bit wordy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been something that Carissa and I have been talking a lot about together and we feel like it also touches on some of the questions that you've been asking um, when we've put out the feelers regarding different things you'd like us to discuss, yep. which always are more specific conditions. But I think this is a, a really good topic to start to dive into chronic health on a more overall arching scale. And I, and I think just before I start, I did want to mention that we did a similar podcast it was episode 75 with M before she um, packed off and shipped out on maternity leave packed off. <laughs> um, where we did talk about complex cases but this is going to be a little bit different today where we want to talk about chronic health in relation to your involvement in your treatment um, so To get the ball started, I thought it would make sense for us to talk about what do we mean when we say chronic health conditions? Because I think it's something that Chris and I and the prackies at JCM would throw around, but it might be something that you're like, well, I don't understand what that means. Am I a chronic health condition? Am I a chronic health condition? (laughs) (laughs) Is that me? Do I fall under this category? (laughs) <laughs> do you want to get the ball rolling with um giving like, a bit of a definition? overall of yeah an overall an overview of what you think um that pertains to when we're talking sure. about chronic health sure. i feel like i just said overall like as in overalls you would yeah. wear <laughs> but it made sense but it sounded like that <laughs> yes um well i think when we when we say chronic like and i don't even know if this comes back to like uni days and terminology but you kind of have to break it down for people listening, you have acute and you have chronic. So acute usually means immediate or happening now. So it's something like in, when we're talking about health, we're saying if you've got like let's just say an acute reaction, you've got a reaction that's happening in the now and something that has flared up in a shorter time frame um, and you're dealing with it in the now and it usually can be resolved within a time frame as well. So we kind of, it's kind of like a a lead up, a flare and a drop down and a kind of resolution. And when we're talking about chronic health conditions, so we're talking about something that is sometimes involves elements of acute, but is usually um, sometimes more lower grade than an acute kind of um, raise of something, if that makes sense. But longer term, but more hardcore is probably the way to say it. So let's just talk about the gut because that's what you and I both bloody love. So let's just use gastritis versus um, ulcerated, or no, probably not ulcerated, colitis. Let's use gastritis versus um, 
SIBO or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when we're talking about a gastritis flare, we're talking about something that has inflamed your gut lining um, usually quite Mm -hmm. quickly. So let's just use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like your Nurofen and stuff like that and you've been taking Mm -hmm. those or you know and you've had an an increased um, inflammatory response in your gut lining you remove those NSAIDs and usually within two to three weeks um, that gastritis flare will go back down or you pick Mm -hmm. up a gastro bug and it comes into your system it causes a big host of symptoms where you're getting loose bowels and vomiting and diarrhea and as that virus leaves and your body deals with the inflammatory response and your immune system kicks in, that virus goes and everything calms back down. So that's an acute response as opposed to SIBO, for example, which is usually something that doesn't happen as quickly. It's something that takes a bit of time to build up. It's a condition and it's a multifaceted condition. Like we've got bacterial issues. We've got sometimes structural issues. We've got sometimes functional issues of the gastrointestinal tract. And it kind of gives rise to this presentation or this condition that becomes quite often a chronic health condition and something that then takes time to treat or something that someone will live with for a long period of time before they seek treatment or find the right avenue of treatment and then it's about looking at what other areas of the body have become involved with SIBO because I know we talk about SIBO sometimes as a primary a primary health condition but more often a secondary health condition Mm. so Mm -hmm. SIBO usually is the you know second or third byproduct of some other health conditions Um, And then when we can get to a stage where we can diagnose SIBO, for example, it's usually considered by then a chronic health condition. And then we need to start working out what other areas of the body have become involved. Is this purely gut related or has it become more systemic in terms of inflammation and are there stress drivers and, you know, autoimmune drivers and things like that. And then you start working out a treatment plan. So I think you can see the difference between a gut bug like gastro or gastritis mm. caused by something that is acute, usually fixed within a, you know, a recognizable time frame. And if it's not, then you consider obviously other things, but a recognizable time frame that has a, a peak and then a drop and then a resolution as opposed to something that is very long and ongoing and often involves a lot more um things when it comes to looking after it. Always, yeah. That was that was a very good definition. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I think and yeah, what you really highlighted there is that it's there's multiple layers. It's multifaceted, it's often multi systemic. So there's there's a lot that is going on. Um and I think it's interesting in the context of time, like if you're dealing with like a long going health condition um, or, or, or a chronic health condition, it often can be something, or most of the time it's been going on for a very long time. But sometimes we do see the sort of contradiction of this where someone might have had a long term, um, say, really basic food intolerance and they've felt really crappy for like the last sort of five, five, six years or so. And they come into the clinic, we make some basic dietary changes and they feel bloody fabulous so you know sometimes time is um, a little warped and I think we see that with clients where you know nine out of ten of the times with chronic conditions there's um, or with any condition there's um, an element of time but it's not it's not always the case the most the most um, sort of prevalent factor here is this multi-systemic interplay of different conditions and this like chronic level of um, inflammation that's at play so 
um, yeah, and I like, I definitely like that analogy of like the gastritis or the gastro bug versus something more, um, again, inverted commas, chronic. It's almost, it was interesting you saying ulcerative colitis. I kind of feel like ulcerative colitis is a chronic condition, yeah. but then it has like acute, acute flare-ups, flare-ups at, yeah. at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I was going um, to even say celiac disease is something that can yeah. be like sometimes considered acute, but also chronic. And I think it depends, like even with celiac disease, where in your time frame of life if you have celiac disease where in your time frame of life it's diagnosed and how it's treated would really define whether it's considered a chronic health condition for you or an yeah, acute one exactly. so you know obviously being of the autoimmune nature um and then sometimes you know people aren't people can carry the genes for celiac disease but not necessarily have it and then you know then something mm. whether it be a stressful situation or just too much gluten and inflammation to the gut lining and stuff like that just flicks that autoimmune switch and flicks on those genes to activate this kind of you know this you know inflammatory Mm -hmm. response but some people will go with that inflammatory response for five to ten years before it's diagnosed and then the other damage that that cause makes it a chronic health condition as well because you're playing this backpedaling and kind of scrambling out of the whole thing to try and get someone back to health whereas someone who gets an acute like you know celiac disease flare they go to their um their gp their gp you know is pretty onto it and goes well you've tested negative to a celiac serology here but let's just send you for scopes anyway and it's diagnosed mm. within a pretty quick time frame that person pulls gluten out and they feel pretty good for the rest of their life as long as they stick to a 100 mm-hmm. gluten-free diet so even within yeah. that you know disease space you can have a really acute kind of presentation and then a chronic presentation that involves a lot more of the body when it comes to healing someone so exactly and that's something we see a lot at the clinic which is why case taking really that detailed case taking is so important because it's such a a difference between one person to the next if there is say something like a, a, a celiac presentation or a gluten intolerance um but that sort of leads on to this next area as far as why these complex chronic health conditions are essentially harder to treat and I think I think one of the other reasons I really wanted to talk about this and we might have flagged this in our other episode we did is that it's not something that I think is given enough recognition and I think maybe with the practitioner space it's like people want to present a certain um, sort of outlook to clients that come and see us will make everything perfect will have you feel like amazing really quickly and you know that's great and it's wonderful when we can get someone feeling amazing really quickly but at JCM we deal with a lot of these chronic cases and we know that these cases are more complex and can be harder to treat and that in itself can be really challenging as a clinician and even of course which we're going to be talking about today for the client and the reason these cases are harder to treat as Chris has been outlining there is that there are these multiple layers that build up over time so even though our our absolute goal is to always treat an underlying cause and get to this underlying core driver by the time we're dealing with a chronic condition, that core driver can be so far buried beneath so many layers and so much chronic inflammation that we are dealing with essentially a massive shit storm. So we've got (laughs) like 
so much down-regulation of inflammation in the body and so many areas that we need to work with. It's like that analogy that we often use in our industry of the onion. (laughs) So we've got to like start peeling these layers back and that takes a lot of time and it's not so simple sometimes the layer gets a little stuck well i think and you yeah well it's gonna pull a little harder (laughs) well i was gonna even say like going back to celiac disease like something something just to give you guys listening an idea of how someone might present to us versus what we have to uncover to get a diagnosis Mm -hmm. so let's just say someone comes into me see me and they've got psoriasis right they've got mm-hmm. it on in their scalp line they've got it on their elbows they've got it on you know on their knees and sometimes you know climbing up their arms and stuff like that and then through case taking i find out they've probably also got a bit of um psoriatic arthritis which is obviously a secondary complication of psoriasis so for everyone who doesn't know what psoriasis is and i assume most of you guys do but psoriasis is different to eczema in the sense that it's definitely considered more of the autoimmune nature and it's definitely more triggered again by gluten usually but that's not so well known in the mainstream medicine field but if you have psoriasis it's kind of like this this thickening and reddening and kind of scaly kind of raised inflammatory response of the skin microbiome right so someone comes into me and they're like, i've got psoriasis and i want that fixed i'm like sweet this is not going to be easy <laughs> it's not that simple make me better, make me Carissa. better. <laughs> but then through case taking i find out they've got they've got a sore back and they have a lot of joint pain so i'm like great this is definitely more um, involved than just the skin and my brain automatically goes well if you've got psoriasis on your skin you've got issues with your gut so we already know that as clinicians but you know our patient coming into us doesn't necessarily know that so they think they're just coming in for a, a bit of dietary mm. advice maybe some fish oils and we'll just have their skin all honky dory but then through case taking we find out this person's also got um, you know psoriatic arthritis so um, the arthritis mm-hmm. is a secondary complication of the psoriasis um, that's just now affecting their joints so you guys can see how the inflammation starting to spread through into you know the, the musculoskeletal kind of area as well and then through more case taking we have a good chat about their gut they've never had celiac disease tested for them they definitely feel bloated they're quite they get loose bowels a lot blah 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 so you can kind of see how straight away someone who thinks they've just got psoriasis has potentially got celiac disease or some very mm-hmm. strong issues with gluten maybe not celiac disease but for us to be able to treat the psoriasis we need to go back to the gut and work mm. out what's going on with the gut microbiome how long has this been going on and now you can kind of see even through a filter through perspective that that inflammation has probably started in the gut which we would say mm-hmm. and it has filtered out through the body and the various body systems into the into the skin microbiome so our- and yeah you've also sorry no, to interrupt sorry. But like you just <laughs> you just mentioned there which is again really important is different systems so mm. we've gone from your the client thinking i'm here about my skin which is one system but chris has just highlighted about four other systems there and that's that's those layers we're talking yeah. about we've got an uh it's the skin so we've got which we call integumentary system yeah. but doesn't bloody matter yeah, so but skin. it's a system so <laughs> skin we've got your skin we've got muscle musculoskeletal she just mentioned we've also got your immune system because as she mentioned there's potentially um the the gluten and autoimmunity of a condition like psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis and then we've got the gut 
So we've already got four different systems that we know we need to be considering in our treatment. So straight away, what that does is it highlights that this isn't just as simple as like just treating the skin. Chris <laughs> is putting her hand up for those say, sitting at home. I just want to say something else based on that too, that I'm just going to bring another system into this. My dad would love this because he's all about systems. We have jokes about it. Sometimes when he's having a beer, how many times he can throw the word system into a conversation. Oh. We count it. <laughs> but anyway... Um, but if you've got joint pain and body pain you've got an upset gut and you've got condition a condition of your skin that is quite confronting to see i'm sorry your neurological system is involved in well as well because on some level this affects your mental and emotional well-being if you're in chronic pain and you have a chronic you know chronically upset gut you are not making serotonin at the levels that you need to be making it at a gut level. You are impacted, you know, well, not always, but people are very visual. And if you've got these, it's the same with when you deal with like skin stuff for females, especially, and I know for mm-hmm. males as well, but acne and rosacea and all yep. of that, it's a mental game for, for all of us if you have something visual on your skin. So emotionally, you're affected by your health condition as well. So we've just brought another system into that from a psychological mm-hmm. point of view. Dealing with pain every day is a total mind fuck for anyone who experiences yep. it. It is so debilitating to deal with neurological or musculoskeletal or joint pain every damn day of your life. Yeah. You've got skin yeah. stuff. You've got a visual kind of emotional, psychological thing happening there and you've got an unhappy gut. So we've just brought the neurological system in there too. <laughs> <laughs> just often there I wish we'll talk about as we move along is there I think more than people realize yeah. the interplay of that yeah. um, actually that that sort of highlights that next sort of related area to me is that neural pathway um, sort of feedback loop that I see get just essentially stimulated and triggered with these sorts of chronic ongoing conditions and I mean that in the way of like when when you've been unwell or ill for so long, it's like the body is is so used to responding on a certain level. Like these certain pathways, these neural pathways, just uh, it's so used to being triggered and it's like a highway or you know what it reminds me of from a analogy point of view it's like a goat track it's <laughs> growing up on a farm it's like the goats have always walked this way and they keep taking that same track and it's like that's that's the pathway that's what's remembered yeah. and that is really amazingly fascinating when you're it is yeah. when you're working with trying to break these pathways and um, change the direction of how a body responds and when you're dealing with chronic health conditions because it is such a road that the body wants to take and it takes so much time to break that down. There's been some really amazing studies done on this area yes. and there's I know there's so some clinicians that well. just yeah and there's there's there is actually courses out there that work just on this alone on like helping people break those neural pathways Basically retrain your neural pathways like it, neuroplasticity it is. it's a science like yeah it's, it's bloody amazing the thing that i probably to give everyone listening to to kind of relate this again back to how this would just affect someone either yourself or someone you know and i use this a lot with my postpartum mums who mm-hmm. once their kitties are a bit more grown up and let's say they're you know they're off to school and they should be back to sleeping well, but they've had three kids under the age of five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are all now like, you know, 
eight, seven and five and they're all in school and the mum's still not sleeping well. And she's like, I just don't understand yeah. why I'm not sleeping well. I, I turn my Netflix off and I do all of that. And I'm like, you have just spent the last six years of your life neurologically wiring yourself to be semi-awake in case your kid calls out yes. to you in the middle of the night or you have to get up. You don't actually know from a neurological point of view in your actual conscious mind, and I'm getting all it, but in your conscious mind, how to have a deep sleep at the moment because you've trained yourself to do the opposite. You've trained yourself to be half awake most nights because you know you might have to get up. You're on some level cortisol kind of jacked or in fight or flight in case you have to jump out of bed. And I said, so you have to now kind of think about that and allow yourself time and not get frustrated while you're trying to retrain yourself to sleep properly again and allow your nervous system to chill the fuck out and have a good night's sleep. And that's not the case for all mums, but for a lot of them it is. Like you've you've spent three years being hyper alert for your, for your kiddies. Mm-hmm. You've got to now learn to kind of chill that down a bit and be able to kind of relax back into sleep. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, a good explanation, and it's again, it's it just highlights how much that alone takes time. So it's just another element of time <laughs> in, in the time sort of today. the breakdown of this. Um, I also want to touch on which you brought up already, and I think we'll be talking, you know, quite strongly about this is is the mental health <laughs> aspect of dealing with chronic health conditions Mm. and we obviously see this every day in clinic Mm -hmm. um and it's really important again i feel like for us to talk about because i don't think it is given enough recognition um one of the the biggest there's a there's a few different categories here for us to cover but the first thing i want to talk about is how when you have been unwell for a, a long time how a disease process or an illness can become your identity. It is something that defines you and you. everyone around you knows that you're unwell. Everyone knows that you have to, to go with the psoriatic arthritis, potentially, let's go with that one. You know, everyone knows that you have it. Every time they see you, how you're going, how's your health, what's going on? Like it's, you live and breathe your illness or you live and breathe your disease process and that that is a really damaging space from a mental health perspective because you can't see yourself outside of that disease and as Carissa was saying before it becomes another massive element as far as the complexity of these layers and these systems like the the physical mental demand there on your your brain every day and that neural feedback pathway as far as the negative feedback about your illness owning you is so deeply profoundly affecting Mm. and you know what I could say like just like as uh, experience in personal experience in this is that when I was in my early 20s and struggling with with health stuff I definitely was stuck in that space and I made a decision when I moved from Sydney to Brisbane that I would basically stop letting my health own me and I when I moved and I met all new people I made a conscious decision not to tell them about what was going on with my health so I didn't have everyday people going how you going what's going on with this and it made such a profound difference that the people in my life weren't like obsessing or asking me about what was going on with my health. And it changed 
my own dialogue in my head with myself where I wasn't thinking about it as much and having it reinforced in my surroundings. So it's a really, it's one in the space of it's mental so, health. It's so with, hard, that space though too, isn't it's it? Huge. Yeah, like, yeah. It's huge, yeah. It's so easy to sit there and say, make a decision to you know, just not let it own you. But then I know yeah. there'd be so many people and I, I know exactly where you're coming from because I can even just use my back as an example. Like when that, yeah. I just, that 100% brings to the forefront for me how easy it would be to become so depressed with chronic pain and just yeah. not not give up because I don't think anyone genuinely wants to be unhealthy. But it, it, it takes a lot of persistence sometimes to get the answers you want and to get to where mm. you want to go. And sometimes Mm. when you, it's, I think a lot of it comes from sometimes your support networks around you, sometimes, you know, your drive to keep looking for other answers. Sometimes, you know, there's financial reasons why people do like do or don't seek extra kind of help with their health and you know, and then some people are very just stuck in a mainstream kind of medical cycle of, okay, the pills are for this and you have this appointment for this, you know, thing. And then this appointment for this side of side effect. And it just becomes very... I don't know, like it's a, it's such a tricky space and it's, it's, I know like I've had chats with so many clients about it. Like, I don't know the how to get some people out of that space um, as a mm. practitioner, like, cause it's such a psychological. There's, well, it's not our job. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we've got some pretty amazing tools that we have learned along the way and we can recognize these patterns but this is I guess part of why we wanted to talk about this is that it isn't our job this is where if someone's really stuck here Mm. this is a job for a psychologist and there's some great psychologists starting to emerge like I know I reckon I'm handing out psychologist referrals so much (laughs) at the moment but only because it's like I want to help you but I can't help you until you deal with this like, yeah. oh, I can't help you unless you're dealing with this while I'm helping you because, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, and I know that I feel like up until probably the last few years, we've really struggled to find some good psychologist groups and practices mm. and stuff like that. But I think the new the new emerging psychologist practices, like obviously we love um, Al- um, Kobe's practice um, and yeah. Modern Minds practice. I know in Brisbane there's um, um, Grey Mind Psychology, there's Little yeah. Window Psychology, like and I follow all of those guys on Instagram and they And they all offer telehealth as well. They all offer telehealth but they are so about just their whole philosophy is so holistic and aligned and it's about yeah. giving constructive and useful tools to help people out yeah. of situations and I think that's where the whole like the whole field of psychology is starting to change and I think it's going to be a game changer for people's health as well. So guys, I'm just hijacking my own podcast for a moment to let you know that for a short time, I'm offering 10% off my cookbook Eat to JCN Clinic podcast listeners using the code JCN podcast. So head to the website, pop in that code when you go through and do your order and you'll receive 10% off. Yeah, I think, again, with chronic cases and what we see at JCN, like often it's it's a conversation we're having with clients and and a frank conversation about if if you don't make this step with getting this outside help 
then we're just going to be stuck. We're just literally stuck hitting a wall because you're just repeating these same patterns and these same behaviours over and over again. Like it's, there's only so much as a practitioner, a clinical nutritionist that we can do like in this space when it comes to what is going on with your relationship with your health and how it defines you and how it's affecting you and, and how you're responding to your health. Like there, there is so many innate pathways that you can set up within your own mind and your own, um, yeah, again, responses that we don't have the tools to break that down. Like you, you need someone that can help you understand why you're behaving in a, in a way, why you're responding in a way and help you give you the tools away. We would give you the tools to fix your gut or to, yeah. <laughs> to fix the psoriatic arthritis, like the, all the things we can do and they can do that alongside that in unison. And that is so powerful. Yeah, like if you've got chronic health, you need a team. Like you need a good psychologist Absolutely. if your neurological system is impacted by this and your emotional well-being is it impacted, which it 100% will be. You need a nutritionist, you need a good GP or a good practitioner if we're dealing with anything like autoimmune or gut, like a good gastro, yep. a good endo, like we're dealing with hormones, a good gyne- gynecological person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my clients with extensive chronic health conditions that are really getting there um, over the, a, a lot of time have a team. Yeah. I'm one of a team. I'm one, I'm I really one of a am. Team. And for, even for yeah. me, for my back, I've got a team. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and the more I learn about what's going on there, the more people I have to get involved in my team. Yeah. Like I've, yeah, yeah. I've got some stuff to tell you about there. We found some things out. But anyway, um, <laughs> I can just tell you, actually, I have like a little, um, I'll just, <laughs> just, tell just tell everyone. It doesn't really matter. It's not, it's not super exciting, but it gives an answer. I've got like a little um, hemangioma, which is like a benign tumor, but actually that ah. sits in between the vertebrae of my spine. And you know where my whole side locks are up. So what yeah. they're, what they're theory and it makes sense because it makes so sense why it takes so long to get better as opposed to someone else who normally just pulls a muscle in a gym and has a bit of a muscle spasm it kind of they can come in and out of it pretty quickly like I'm out for 12 to 16 weeks and Jess has seen me but and I'm on painkillers and all the things to try and calm this in this response down but anyway yeah it turns out there's a little tumor in between my spine that has locked a lot of the nerves up in there and that's why. Whoa. So that's back to even me getting my team more in, more involved. So, yeah, but like for my back, like I've got a good GP that prescribes me the pain medication that I want. I've got, not that I want, that I need. I freaking hate taking it. Um, I've got a good nutritionist. Her name's Carissa. If anyone wants her number, I can give I've got I've got a great physio who helps, you know, me get me back into exercising and back mobile. I've got um, my acupuncturist and massage person. She's been a bloody game changer, this flare that I'm currently coming out of. I'm now speaking with an integrative GP um, and looking at potentially going down the road of maybe some medical grade CBD oil if I have another big flare Mm. because I don't love, like obviously we've talked, chatted about the damage that all the NSAIDs, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, and everything does to my gut and all of that. Um, And also I'm now have to bring a spinal surgeon into my team. So like, and this is just for, you know, but it just highlights even just for me, like I've got one, two, three, four. I've got a normal GP, integrative GP, physio, acupuncturist, a chiro, but I haven't seen him for a while. But I've got all these people that I trust that I know that when things are shit, this is what I have to do. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So the team is important, guys. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, I need to know more about yes, this. Anyway. That, that's pretty much it at the moment. But, but yeah, but anyway, so that just kind of highlights that, you know, it's not just one practitioner fixes all because that's actually yeah, not possible. exactly. Like you need to have that, that little army that fights for you. And sometimes it takes a while to find your army. Yeah. Because there's a lot of shit and cadets. Look, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That, again, as far as moving to that next point that we had on our list is the expectations in this process expectations on your practitioner and then expectations on your own work that you need to do yourself um and I think you've just sort of highlighted nicely there like what are the expectations that you have on your practitioner like it doesn't make sense to put all of your eggs in that basket if you've got like a systemic multifaceted condition with mental health factors like do you need to be widening the scope talking with your practitioner about other um, people that can come in and onto your team Um, also though what are the expectations that you have for yourself in in what work you're putting into this because when you have that appointment with your practitioner once every fortnight or every three or four weeks like you've got this really important window of time where we discuss everything we look at a treatment process we're moving you through a treatment protocol and we're making all these changes but that's just an hour of our time outside of that you've got all these weeks and days in between and that's where there's an expectation realistically from from for us on you to to do the work it's really as simple as that and it is simple but we understand from working in in this area that it's not so easy because that's also where life happens and also everything else we've been talking about as far as like your relationship with your illness or your disease process and how you may respond in those weeks ahead depending on no matter what we've written down for you and sent through to you this is what we need you to do it's like okay are you going to do that what are going to be the roadblocks and what are your expectations for yourself within this because it takes two to tango this is a relationship between you and us as your practitioner or your health team but we don't we can't do miracles or or help you heal or progress if you don't take our hand and work with us yeah. which may seem a little harsh but it's, it's really true, important like, aspect in it's this it's so true like Lex and I were having even this conversation yesterday just about you know and it's it's pretty rare but when you have um even like a client and I've definitely had a few over the years where their expectation is that you and their confrontation in the consultation is just that they're paying you therefore you should fix them and it's like you're paying us because we want to help you and we have the toolkit to help you get there and if we don't we're going to do our best to make sure Mm. we you know educate and equip ourselves so we can give you all the possible treatment avenues and if it's still outside of our scope we can refer you on or at least help you get more people in your team to get you to where you need to go that's our job like we we try to stay at the top of our game but our game our job is not to deal with a shit attitude 
um, and <laughs> resistance. No, I'm sorry, it's not. But this is like <laughs> no, I. But you know, <laughs> but it's true. Like yeah, you don't want to do the work. And this, honestly, all of most, I'm going to say, 98 percent of our JCN clients are fucking beautiful, and they do do yeah. the work. So this is not directed at anyone in particular. It's just that you know, obviously, like I've been in practice now for eight years. You've been in practice for what, like? 15 I don't know, I don't 15 know. Or yeah like, like that. you have your people that walk in the door and they're they're confrontational and their attitude is not amazing and they they sit down with you and it's like this whole like well you just need to fix me kind of thing and it's like no mate mm. I didn't get you here and I'm gonna do yeah. my best to get you out of this but you've got to meet me halfway and yeah it's like I can give you the tools but you essentially you have to go and do the work and it's the same with my back like I see Sean probably like when it was acute, my acupuncturist slash massage, I'll see her once a week when my back is acute and it's expensive and I see I see Gary and I see my GP and all of that, but they give me shit to do between mm. the, you know, one to two weeks that I'm seeing them. If I don't do that and I'm not getting better, that's not their fault. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, I, and I know sometimes I'll go into Gary's office and he'll be like, Chris, have you done your exercises every day? I'm like, to be honest, guys, maybe five out of seven days. He's like, cool, that's all right. How are you feeling? I'm like, well, yep. this is improved, this is improved, this could be better. He's like, cool, all right, well, I really need you to stick to this. I'm like, yep, 100%. Do you know what I mean? And it's yep. just like that. I'm accountable for the fact that I haven't 100% done what he's asked me to do every day. Some weeks I'm fabulous, some weeks I'm not. Sean's like, have you taken all your herbs I've given you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> These eight little balls three times a day. I'm lucky if I get them in once. <laughs> but I've done the breathing exercises that you asked me to do and I've done the diaphragmatic release things that you've asked me to do and I'm mm. making sure I get up every time in between clients and go and stretch my back out on my yoga mat but you know so it's kind of like but even as practitioners we're understanding as well with our clients right like if our clients come in and they're like um you've given them a couple of things to do with their diet and their lifestyle and they come back in and they're like I've done six out of seven of them Carissa but this happened and this happened and this happened we're not assholes we're like so fine mate what happened and what can we change to make this easier for you or come back and Chris I hate the FODMAP diet but I'm willing to give it a go but you just need to help me with this and this or I'm so busy Mm. I don't have time to food prep but I am going to give this a crack cool let's find you a meal order service in your area in your town that we can take 50% of the pressure off you you know so Mm -hmm. like if you're willing to work with us we're not cutthroat we'll 100% work with you but mm-hmm. it's that it's that two-sided relationship. Like, yeah, it's that give each side, isn't yeah. it? And that's that commitment and that um, honesty with us along the way because we'll, we'll just keep, we'll keep we'll being keep that fighting. reed that's flexible and yeah. keep fighting for you. But if you don't meet us halfway, if it is like that complete and utter resistance and that like, you know, nothing's working, nothing we're doing is working. I'm not, I'm not know, getting, I'm not any getting any anywhere. Yeah. This isn't, you know, it's just like that's, that's really hard. That's for sometimes us. <laughs> I would almost use impossible to, to work with because it, it just feeds back into, as we we're saying, that kind of mental space of like, how do we even sh- have any effect? How do I on shift your mindset? Shifting things yeah. when you are so set and stuck in this pathway. Yeah, so, agreed. you know, it just, it, it all comes back into that like, that relationship, that positive relationship. Um, and the consistency for me in this is a big one. I know I use this word so much in, with my clients all the time is consistency. Like I get that when we're working with long standing health issues that, that we're dealing with, working together over sometimes years. And within years, life happens, events happen. And I know that like every now and again, you're going to go out with your mates or whatever it is, or have some drinks. Like I totally get it. That's fine. But 
there's also an element of consistency that we need from you. And I just see when there isn't that consistency, it's like this kind of cat chasing its tail where you're, you're not getting anywhere. You're going round and round in circles because you're not keeping things consistent. So it's like feel a little bit better, flare up because you're kind of dropping the ball as such and going going down this rabbit hole for two or three weeks and everything gets inflamed and then you come back and we tidy it up for a few weeks and then you go back so it's up and down up and down but we're not getting anywhere and then you get frustrated because you're like this isn't working it's like well it would work if you were consistent but you're not so we're not getting anywhere but you need to be accountable for your own actions in I'm this. Just, so Yeah, exactly. And I think accountable is a really good word. Like I was telling the girls like this weekend, obviously, because I went to Stratty with my brother and Nick and like, honestly, the nutritionist hat was off over the weekend. And like, <laughs> like, and I'm pretty consistent with my diet and stuff, but I already know like just from all the painkillers and stuff I've taken with my back that, you know, like, and all that my gut hasn't been amazing. But I went to Australia uh-huh. this weekend, gluten was on the cards, dairy was on the cards, I drank beer, I drank vodka. Like, you know, I had an amazing three days, but yep. I have suffered all week. And I can't blame <laughs> anyone for that except yep. for myself. And I like, yep. and you know, and that is so fine. But I think there needs to be that element of accountability where you can't walk around and be angry and frustrated. Like I'm not blaming my back for my gut being a mess this week and this chronic health condition that I'm dealing with with my back. Yep. I'm blaming myself. Or your health team. Or my health team. My gut is not happy and I feel shit this week because I ate gluten on the weekend. I drank beer and I ate probably my body weight in blue cheese like (laughs) (laughs) so you know I'm not angry that my anyway my back's felt great this week after a weekend of camping and lying on a crappy mattress but but that's the thing like it's like you really need to put it into the context too like is this something that you know you've done or is it yeah about consistency or accountability as well so I think that's exactly like what you were saying where the emotional aspect comes in and sometimes yeah working with that exactly yeah so I think <laughs> pretty heated podcast <laughs> pretty heated podcast and we know a lot of our clients listen to the podcast and um, you know you you guys know the, those clients of us which are many who have chronic health conditions they know they are putting in the work yeah. and working with us like this is this is not about your journey some of this is of course like probably some of the sort of earlier points we're talking to in regards to the time frame and understanding why it's so complex and why it takes times and these neural pathways but sort of this this sort of last area we've been talking about um we don't want you to think that we no, God, no. <laughs> think this is what's going on. No, I think, God, no. you know, this will really resonate more with clients who know this is a really um, sort of, I almost want to use the word negative. Like it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a dark cycle that they can get caught up in. Um, and whether you're a client or not a client, that's why we want to talk yeah, about it it's because probably more it, is, it isn't given enough recognition. Yeah, it's probably more like I think the reason we want to talk about this podcast is more that, you know, it is that it's more the expectation, I think, of how quickly people can be in air quotes but fixed as opposed yeah. to what you what the work you're actually going to need to do will entail sort of thing. And um, like I said, like 90 eight 99% of our clients at the clinic this is not you like you guys are doing the fucking work trust me we know yeah. um, and I've got clients that I've had for you know years like I know you have as well Jess that 
they do the work. They do the work better than yeah. I do the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And and that's what I mean. And they do. And yeah, but anyway, but yeah, it's just too that I definitely know like I've over the years and it's just I think too it's the more complicated sometimes people that we attract that there's a little bit of an expectation sometimes. And it's like, well, yeah. And I definitely know like at the, um, the skin clinic that I worked at, I've had probably like one or two people there that I think just didn't know what the nutrition process involved. And it's just, mm. you kind of met with this confrontation as to, well, you know, like they don't even book a follow-up appointment and it's not that it's too hard. It's just like, well, you can't just give me a magic pill and fix me. So yeah. Yeah, 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 so exactly. well, what's, what, what's the point? And I'm like, well, it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this has raised any issues for you or any questions, please reach out to us. And also, if you are interested in seeking advice outside of a clinical nutritionist, particularly in regards to the mental health space, psychologists, like, again, just reach out to us. We've got a really good list of um, sort of referral networks. But um, hopefully this has been a helpful podcast. We'd love you to share the podcast in your socials. Um, We love hearing from you. Any feedback is fabulous, as long as it's nice. Don't give us shit feedback. We don't like shit feedback. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) But otherwise, um, I think that's it. Did you have anything to add before we finish? No, I think... I think we've summed it up. I hope we haven't like, yeah, like Jess said, we just, we don't, we're not trying to offend anyone. We just want people to understand that there's a lot that goes into chronic health conditions and treating them. And I think, yeah. And if you're willing to do the work, so are we. Like, yeah. end of the day, like we yeah, want you to get absolutely. better. We don't really want to see you beyond expected time frame if there is one. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really highlighting that this is a, a multifaceted, pathway with a lot of time and um, the importance of having that health team and that right mental space like when that all comes together it is truly amazing and you get places but even when you are getting places that still takes time so it's understanding all of the complexities I actually say to some of my clients now when I have my initials with them and they do they definitely consider like chronic chronic health cases Mm. like there's a lot going on I'm just like prepare that we're going to get to know each other very well like yes, i'm like because yep. this is going to be a couple of years and they just laugh yep. and they're just like nope that's fine i'm in yeah. do you know what i mean and that's an, i think yeah. now i just kind of establish it from the get-go i'm like this we're yeah. going to get to know each other really well mate like we've got a, exactly. we've got a lot of shit to get through <laughs> awesome all right well we're going to run because cool. yep. we've got some consultations to to jump on to yep. But thank you so much for listening and um, everyone have a fantastic weekend. I always say that and then I'm like, Jessica, don't say yeah, weekend. She might not get this podcast up. up. Oh, well. <laughs> exactly. That's when people listen to it. It might be Thursday. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for listening, Thanks, guys, guys. And we'll chat to you next Talk time. To you soon. Bye.